I got a question about angels. Yeah. Are we led to believe that all angels are male gender? I I don't know. <laughs> I, I I know I don't know. Um, I, I don't think we're led to believe that, but I couldn't tell you that we're not led to believe. I just don't know. Um, I don't know. It certainly they seemed they always appear as men. They never appear as women. Um, but I don't know if we can infer that there aren't. I, I just don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about. We got one up here too. When yeah. Thanks. I'm looking at the one where. Um the Canaan will be his servant? Yeah. I, I was a little confused because, I mean, are you saying that that's a curse or are you saying that that's actually a blessing for the Gentiles later or a promise for the Gentiles later? I thought you said something about that. but Yeah, he's, he's exactly. Gonna bless, he's going to bless the other two and then Canaan will be his servant. So I wasn't sure if that's a curse or a future promise. Yeah, this. what's interesting is this is a curse given by, obviously, Noah, but it ends up being a form of a prophecy, okay? So it's almost a literary device where we see what God will do through the lips of Noah, and he is, in fact, a preacher of righteousness, so we know in some sense he's an authoritative speaker, right? Well, it's interesting. Follow me through on the logic here. Notice when it says, blessed be, let me just go through this one more time. It says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. That's a blessing to Yahweh. A lot of people believe it's a blessing to Shem, but it's not. It's Yahweh that's being blessed. And when it says, and let Canaan be his servant, He's a servant not to Shem, but Yahweh, because this whole phrase is about Yahweh. Okay? Well, then it goes on and says, May God enlarge Japheth and let him. The debate is, who is the him? Well, I'm saying it has to be God, because if Japheth was dwelling in the tents of Shem, that would be a curse on Shem. Okay? So the blessing that comes to Japheth is a blessing that God will enlarge him, and the blessing that comes upon Shem is that Yahweh will dwell with him. Okay? And then the refrain in the Hebrew poetry is, and let Canaan be his servant. Well, again, he's going to be serving the him. And who is the him? Well, it's God. Okay. Does that answer it? Does, do you follow that? Well, it does, but I, okay. I guess I'm having a hard time with the word servant. Is that how it's literally translated? Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I think it is. I, I would have to, um, it's a veth. I think. Because the Canaanites really weren't serving him. That's where the whole confusion with the word that they used. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're, okay. Yeah, um, this would, in the way I understand it is this is derogatory. Um, it's, it's not the sense that it's, um, yeah, because for instance, you and I are servants of Christ. But if we put it in the, this is a derogatory thing. They're gonna be, you may think of it more, they're his slave. Okay, they're gonna own, they're gonna answer to him. Um, so it's the opposite of blessing. They're cursed. And that's, you get the hint up here, cursed be Canaan. And so they're going to be slaves to the, this Yahweh is going to run them like a taskmaster. That would be the, the impression I would get. But yeah, that's interesting because you and I think, well, we're servants of Christ. So yeah, I see the, yeah, Dick had one. Is there an implication that in Genesis 6 or by the time we got to the flood that all those people were afflicted? Uh, and that's why they were killed? Yeah, I don't know if we can go that far, but certainly um, it, it seems to me that what's being stated is that they're all, if they're not affected by the cohabitation, they're affected by the ethos of the age, if it, it, as it were. So if you can imagine if we had that type of trouble, how as bad as it is now, how much worse our, our thinking um, would be because it's been dictated and influenced by these demonic beings. And that seems to be the implication there. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's 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 weird. And I have to say, I always thought, um, I always held to the notion that the God, the sons of God, were the godly line of Seth going into the daughters of men. And it's actually um, just exegetically, it doesn't work. I think Jude five through seven wipes that out. So yeah. One thing I was going to add, Eric. Um, yeah. I've never noticed um, when Abraham was uh, sacrificing Isaac, the lamb and the ram. Yeah. And um, the, I, I wanted to just read uh, John chapter 1, um, where it talks about um, John the Baptist. Uh, the next day, in verse 29 of chapter 1, it says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Wow. Praise and it's God. like a fulfillment yeah. of, of exactly. prophecy. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Very rich. That's beautiful. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's neat, you guys. Just, for me, I, I just I still marvel at it. Sometimes you read some of this stuff. I've actually uh, wept a time or two. I don't know if you guys ever have that, but you just see the perfection of God's Word, and you say, wow, this is just evidence that this is true, that we've placed our hope not on something that's um, false or made up. You couldn't make this up. <laughs> you know, you couldn't do it, um, even if you wanted to. So it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, are we, um, how are we doing on time? Are we okay? Anybody else have any comments or yeah? Um, this is in regards to last week's lesson. Yeah. Can you help me understand the difference between spiritual death and separation from God? Yeah, in some respects I guess it would be the same. Um, the idea that um, we have separation in the garden from Yahweh, okay, so in some sense, when Adam and Eve sin, they're separated immediately, physically. But I don't know if you would call that, in some sense, it's spiritual death. But the distinction I'm trying to make is that there's a spiritual death that also occurs when an unbeliever dies, they go to be into Hades, okay? And their spirit is actually being tormented. It's a it's an awful place to be. Now, have they been resurrected and thrown into the eternal lake of fire? No. And so that's why I'm trying to be careful. It, it's, so in some sense, you can say spiritual separation or, or spiritual death is separation. But what I'm trying to make is the distinction in um, the book of Genesis in chapter 3. You have separation immediately. And so that foreshadows the spiritual separation. When Adam dies, his body goes into the ground. His, if he's a believer, I would take it that he probably was. His Spirit would go to be with the Lord, but if he was an unbeliever, he would spiritually die as well. Okay, and then at the end of time, Revelation 20:15, all whose names are not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the body and the spirit will be brought together, so that people will endure the torment of the eternal fire forever. That is those who have rejected Christ. So um, technically, I think you could look at the separation that Adam undergoes in the garden as a physical separation momentarily. Had he been an unbeliever, it would have led to spiritual separation. Um, but I guess, so do you see what I, that's the distinction I was trying to make is to say, look, when it says that death would come, in some sense it did come right away. If you think about it as separation, he was kicked out of the garden. Okay, But certainly spiritual death 
is separation as well. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. Okay. <laughs> it's a difference without a difference, maybe. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to do is, um, I don't know if I mentioned, we'll put on the website or in our bulletin as soon as we can get back together.